0: and restrictions apply.
1: The single biggest factor of how I grew super fast was we switched up the business model to doing nothing but monthly recurring revenue. So we were like, okay, if you want a website, custom website, uh, we switched it to 200 bucks a month. And our, our sales skyrocketed. Hey there, I'm Preston.
0: And this is an all new episode of Freelance to Founder. In the past, you know that we've told you stories of freelancers who scaled their businesses to be bigger than themselves, but now, in an all-new, upgraded format that we're incredibly excited about, we will be diving deep into the trenches with real-life freelancers to ask them what's working and what's not when it comes to scaling their business. Each week, I will be joined by my good friend, Clay Mosley, who you heard at the top of this episode. He started his own freelance business and grew it to a thriving agency with over 20 employees and over a million dollars in annual revenue. Clay is a master when it comes to scaling up your service-based business, and I'm beyond excited to have him join Freelance to Founder as my new co-host. It's going to be a tactical, practical, actionable new format, and I can't wait to share it with each of you. The new format starts next week when Clay and I dive deep into a coaching session with Amy Kuo, a former designer at Disney who left to start her own brand strategy company. But today, I want you to get to know my new co-host, Clay, on a little bit deeper level so that you can see just how much of a treat you're in for later this season. Clay, welcome, and thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey, very happy to finally be a part of Milo.
0: We're going to dive into your story in just a second here, Clay. But before we do, I want to take a quick second and thank our sponsors who are supporting this show. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy in fact Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro promo code freelance to save $400. Hydro.com promo code freelance, or just click the link in our show description. I am pumped to chat with you, man, because, you know, we've been getting to know each other a little bit better over time here. You, you, as many longtime listeners of the show know, you were on, I think, season two of Freelance to yep, Founder. Now, uh, you're going to be helping out as a co-host on the show, which I am beyond excited that you agreed to do. I think it's going to be insanely just packed with helpful uh, advice for some of our listeners and for some of our guests. We'll get into some of that detail later, but I wanted to start out and, and let the listeners know kind of who you are, what you're working on, and, um, and then we'll, we'll go back in, into your story, dive deeper into your story a little bit to talk about how you got here. But tell us what you're working on right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what's so funny is ever since I aired that, or uh, we recorded that podcast on the Freelance Founder, a lot of things have happened. Um, Because at that point, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure. But that point, I just had my I had my agency, um, and I have since sold it. um, But I am now running uh, three three different brands, three different companies. Um, So the I I I would say it's more like I have a flagship company, more my quote unquote day job, uh, which is Dripify. So it's um it's an it's the what I call the ultimate learning platform for entrepreneurs. And, and then I have kind of the, what I call the side gigs. I, I started another agency, but that's mostly like maintaining my high level clients that I, that, that I kept. And then I have another web platform that I do on the side as well. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of juggling uh, quite a few things, but I'm having having a lot of fun, and I'm I'm super happy to be part of this uh, this podcast. I, I
0: yeah. wanna I wanna back up a little bit and and just talk through if people haven't heard your previous episode, and if you haven't, I I re-listened to it this morning, um, and it's it's a great episode about uh, your journey from being a freelancer or even before being a freelancer, mm-hmm. um, to then like you told us building this agency that you eventually sold. Now that wasn't in the. Ep- Episode. then so we'll get into that in this in the show but maybe take us back kind of short version of pre freelancer days because there's there's like the pre freelancer days then there's freelancing and then there's building an agency and I'd like to get into all of that here pretty quickly in this episode and then we can extract you know helpful advice for people along the way so let's let's go like pre freelancer days who was clay before he was
1: trying to work for himself (laughs) <laughs> this is a very fun question because the pre-freelancer days I didn't even know the answer to that question. I d- I still don't know what the answer yeah. to that question is. <laughs> so that that was the issue is I I held um uh, so I like I, I graduated college in 05, 2005 and and then I became a freelancer in 2015. So there was a 10-year span of me trying to figure myself out. And and, uh, and this is, this was in my twenties, right? So like, this is what what you're supposed to spend your twenties on. It's like, Hey, who am I as a person? <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I like, I held almost every, I swear in my mind, every type of job that you can think of, but fast forward to 2015, I, you know, I, I dabbled into um, like up until that point, I, 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 t- I, have t- I took a couple of classes like on website design, like coding, HTML, CSS. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, nothing too advanced. And so like in 2014, I, I started a blog, you know, I, I kind of as a hobby just started playing around like trial and error type stuff. And so I found it very interesting. Like I was like, oh, okay, I really enjoy this kind of stuff. So I, I started doing websites for people. Uh, just part-time on the side because, you know, I had student loans and like trying to make extra money on the side. Um, And so that's what I started doing. I did it for a year. And then in 2015, I got, I got fired from my job. I said, this is the last time I'm going to get fired from a job. Uh, And so I, you know, I, I took a, I took uh, quite a while to think about it. It was a few days. Um, to think, okay, what do I want to do next? Do I want to just go get another job or or what? And so I was thinking, you know what? I really, I kind of like this website stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I, at that time I was very amateurish. Um, hence why I was selling websites for super inexpensive. And, but it, it, I, I decided to give it a go. And I was like, I think I'm going to try to do it full time. And so that's where I went. That's when I started freelancing. And how are,
0: you, how are you finding clients in the early days, like when it was a side thing? And, and then maybe in the first few months of freelancing, how were you even, like, was it just family and friends, people you knew from before? Were you cold calling? What, what was the method?
1: Yeah, so I didn't, do, um, I didn't do any cold calling. I didn't do any marketing. Um, in fact, I didn't even have my own, my own like freelancing website. I had my blog, but I didn't even have my own freelancing website or website design company, like agency website yet. Yeah. Um I, I for I didn't have it until the first like 10 clients like two true 10 clients. Um so I didn't do anything. I what I did what I relied on was what every other starting freelancer does is they hit their current network. So family, friends, colleagues, you know, just putting it out there on social media. Um I didn't do a whole lot and but it was enough to like put food on the table, you know. And yeah. that's that's all I did. Um well, and
0: and there was just enough there, sort of beating the bushes a little bit, uh, to to eke out a living.
1: Yeah, you know, th- there was, and and but I don't get me wrong, like I was I was starving, you know, like I I was barely yeah. making it, and like every single dollar that came in, you know, a lot of people say they every every dollar that comes in they reinvest it back in the company, like I wasn't doing that. Every single dollar yeah. that came in. <laughs> It was going towards food and bills, right? Right,
0: I've been there, totally been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And so it was it, not just food; like it was like the bottom of the grocery, the bottom of the shelf, grocery aisle, <laughs> food that is super inexpensive. That's the reason why they put it on the bottom of the shelf. Yep. Um, it, it was that kind of food, you know. Was, and but it was enough, and and it 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 did really help me because my business model at the, at the time was like. I'm going to sell really inexpensive websites um for $500 a piece. And so that that word got spread around and so and you know as well as I do like if someone selling $500 websites like there's going to yeah, be Yeah, if they're decent going, like there's, yeah. there's
0: going to be people that want that. Yeah. And yeah, I, if you're doing good I, work like it's going to be impossible not to have people calling you up.
1: Right. And I wouldn't call my work at that point decent. I mean, it was like <laughs> It was enough for some people. I will say that. <laughs> it was enough and it was worth $500 for some people. And so yeah. it was, uh, you know, I made, I made some money. So. And,
0: and you're married at the time, right?
1: Yeah, at the time I was married. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, I'm married now. but I was. Yeah, I sorry. Was, I should. <laughs> yeah, I was, That made I was, it sound
0: <laughs> like you're not married now. But you, you, were, yeah. you were already married at the time. And um, I remember from the other episode, you sort of talked your wife into giving you a year to like figure it out and see if it had legs, if it would work.
1: Yeah, um just to be clear, uh I'm on my second marriage. (laughs) So um okay. My Yeah, 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 yeah. So I yeah, I went through all that. But anyways, uh that's that's a whole nother discussion. (laughs) But yeah, I at the time I was I was I was married to my first wife and um you know she was a very nine to five person. And so uh it was I, I said, Hey, let me let me try this. I'll try it for a year. And if it doesn't work after a year, I will just go work some, some crap job for the rest of my life. <laughs> so obviously yeah. it worked.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a lot of motivation, a lot of self-motivation. <laughs> yeah. I remember having a, a similar conversation with my wife when I got laid off in 2017. So I had been building Milo and different aspects of it on the side for like eight years or something crazy. I don't think yeah. I ever would have had the courage to actually go for it myself. Um, but luckily, you know, I say luckily now, and actually at the time I felt pretty lucky. I was pushed out of my job. Like they cut like half of the employees at the company I was working at. Uh, And, uh, and I, I started looking at, you know, all the money we had made and saved through the side hustle and started crunching numbers on like what it actually takes to pay our mortgage and feed our kids and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and yeah, that, and, and actually I will share this, uh, this isn't about me, but I think it's a fun story. Like, I instead of going home so they laid us off in the morning and by like 10 o'clock I like didn't have a job that day and uh, and they sort of escorted us out more or less and I was like well I could go home and like freak my wife out (laughs) because (laughs) she's very traditional about like about thinking about work which is fine she she balances me out a little bit that way but um, you know, before all of this, she, I don't know that she ever would have had the courage either for either of us to to take on doing business full time. But I was like, I could go home and freak her out. Uh, and we could both sort of panic together, or I could drive to the library. And I chose to do that instead. And I drove to the library. I uh, I I grabbed a lunch or something, and I worked through the afternoon. And that afternoon, I made like two thousand dollars or something like. Oh,
1: wow. that. Wow! Yeah, yeah.
0: And so then I went home that night, and I had a conversation a lot like what you're talking about, where I was like, "Here's what happened. First of all, big shock. Uh, we weren't, we didn't see it coming. But here's what we have in savings from the side hustle. Here's what the side hustle shoots off in revenue every month." And P.S. today, working just an afternoon instead of on the side, you know, during my commute or whatever, I made $2,000. And so,
1: (laughs) and so it was like, it's a lot easier conversation. (laughs) Well,
0: well, I was like, you know, I feel, I feel good about it. If you feel okay about it, let's try it. And, you know, here's, here's the moment at which I will just go back and get another job. I'm confident I can get another job. If it doesn't work, you know, if our savings, ours was less time-based, like yours was a year. Mine was like, if our savings gets to a certain point then I'll mm. just go get a job so that we don't <laughs> run out of money. Cause obviously that's the big fear. Yeah. And, and it was, it was the best thing that's ever happened to us. You know, I see my kids way more. I see my wife way more. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, I know I feel you on that conversation. Like it's a tough one to have, um, no yeah. matter what your situation is, whether you're in a really good place or a really bad place, like it's tough to say, uh, you know, we're going to sort of buck the system and do our own thing.
1: You know, I, I think about that because you yeah, you're in the same situation, right? Like you you got kind of put your back up against the wall, right? Just like I did and and you had no choice. Um, well, I guess you had a choice, but it, you are kind of forced into a decision. Um yeah. I always look back on that because I I I always tell people I'm like how awesome would it be to be able to control that situation and and make that decision on on your own terms versus with your back up against the wall um yeah. and but like i i look at it i i always i always reflect on it. i'm like i i honestly do not know if i would have started my own business if i didn't get fired yeah you know, it, I, it's I hard just when, don't
0: when someone's putting money in your pocket every two weeks or whatever you know yeah. to just say goodbye to that i mean my side business at the time was making uh almost as much the business itself was making almost as much as i was making in a salary and and i was oh, wow. working like maybe 2 or 3 hours a day on it like it was doing pretty well yeah um and i still was like so hesitant except i do remember when when the ceo got up and started giving the speech and i realized what was happening i like could not wait to get up and just get out of there and and go <laughs> figure out how to do it cuz i was like oh my gosh this is my moment you know i've been waiting for like the i got fired story yeah <laughs> and um and now i have it i guess but yeah it's uh it's i think I think though I love I always recommend to people to at least have a side hustle because yes, it would be ideal to not have your back against the wall, but even even in that sort of situation where you get fired, your back's still not one hundred percent against the wall like I didn't have to go get a job right away yeah, we could figure it out for a couple of weeks even if we had to because we had a, a nice financial cushion, we had a side business that was spitting off some cash flow, and so like Man, it's so it, it gives you so much more peace of mind and so much more flexibility. You don't have to stay at a job that you hate. You don't mm-hmm. have to like just put up with your crappy boss because you have no other options. Like it really frees up a lot of opportunities to to have a nice a nice positive cash flow side hustle.
1: Yeah, that that's a very good point because uh I mean I did I did have uh just like you I had some some incoming uh, revenue you know not a ton but I, I had some yeah yeah but it's like I also had at the time I had the very fortunate thing that I you know, there was a second income in the household and so right I, I can only I can only imagine like I'm sure there's a lot of freelancers out there that are you know solo by themselves um and so or a lot of people that I'm sorry a lot of people who have jobs like uh like working for somebody else, but they want to do their own thing, but they're, they're literally the only income in the household. So that's a little bit tougher right. thing to do, right? Because you have to, totally. you have to replace what income you have coming in. But I like the idea of, of, yeah, just do the side hustle, do it on the side um, like late at night or whatever in your free time and, and get that income up to where it's close to replacing what you currently make at your job
0: yeah and and that's what I mean we never could have done it had that had it not happened that way. that's why I always recommend to people like like get some legs under you on the side it It's hard like you have to sacrifice stuff you i mean you know this uh you have yeah. to sacrifice a few things but but man, it can pay off later if you if you do it right and it and it works out so Sure. I, I want to I keep chatting, I guess, about so, so early days of freelancing, it was sort of like ramen profitable, like you were, you were eating off the bottom shelf of the grocery store, like you said. At what point, uh, so we, we know the end of the story, right? You built an agency that was eventually good enough that someone bought it from you. So it, it must have been a, a good agency. Um, what, fill in the, the missing pieces there between like barely getting by and running, at, what was it, like 20, 25 people? Uh, yeah. For you in your agency, something like that.
1: Yeah. So th- th- I would say there's a lot of a lot of steps here um, that I kind of figured out the, the hard way. So I, I, I did it. And I, I do have to make this credit to you because I started when I first started out as a freelancer, I relied on Mello uh, blogs a lot oh, for, that for ideas so here. I really did that's a genuine thing that is a genuine statement uh in fact, I got the whole t shirt idea from from milo um but there yeah was-
0: this is like this is epic. We'll have to <laughs> link to this we we've already mentioned it in other episodes we've recorded. <laughs> we just like can't stop talking about this, but we'll link up to this in this in the show notes for this episode, but yeah, there's this really sick article from David Tendrick on milo where he he shares this like t shirt technique uh anyway. We'll yeah. we'll put all the details below, but i mean I'm so excited to hear that um that we were such a good support to you in the early days of freelancing.
1: Oh for one hundred percent and and I i'll I will say this because like i was not i i i did not know business or 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 sales or like I was mm-hmm. a very timid entrepreneur or like business owner at that point, I guess you could say. Um, and people who meet me now, like they would never guess that I'm an introvert. I I just, (laughs) I just know, I know how to, I know when to turn it on. It's just, I, I I just have to go back and recharge. Right. Um, but one of the, the first step that I took, uh, and this is the whole reason why this, the whole t-shirt idea from, from your blog came about is because I knew I needed to get out there and network and put myself out there because i i was not going to i wasn't going to networking events or i wasn't like i was just relying on like just messaging my friends and my family it was all online yeah and, I and at some point that thought,
0: runs out at some point like you don't right. have any more friends or friends of friends who need the work that you offer
1: yeah yeah it gets like your current network will get exhausted right and so yeah. i knew i needed to get out there and i i i I made the decision I'm going to try to get out there and, and get some business locally, but which would require me to network. And I'm like, I have never done networking in my life and I'm nervous as hell. And so I'm just like, okay. And so I got on the middle blog and I was like, Oh man, look at this like cool t-shirt idea. Cause I, I, I think, I don't know what I searched. I searched like networking or something. Um, and I came across that article. And so I, Got a, got a t-shirt printed, a black t-shirt printed web designer on the, on the front. Uh, no <laughs> branding, nothing. Like I had, did not have my logo or anything like that. It just literally said web designer. Um, and which is funny because I wanted to put my logo on it. Uh, I wanted to put my logo on the back, but I couldn't afford the second screen. Like <laughs> right, printers, yeah. like I just couldn't afford the extra fee. So I was just like, just do web, web designer. Um, and, and so that, that was the first step. I, I actually went out there and I, and I started networking. I, I went to chamber events. I went to networking groups. Um, and, and I, I slowly but surely was, I was getting more clients. Um, and you know, that, that was, I, I knew it was, um, it took me probably a full year to probably get like really comfortable to where with my, my revenue levels and knew that i was like okay this is going to work um yeah i would say more like somewhere between eight and 12 months
0: and and all this time it's still just you right
1: yeah it's just me um i'm doing all the sales uh all the all the networking but i'm also doing all the projects as well so Are you, you're not I,
0: even like subcontracting or anything at that point you're doing all of it
1: yeah i was doing all of it um yeah. wow and I've never uh, just I know I've never subcontracted subcontracted out on hmm. on stuff to this day, but um, but yeah, it, I was doing it all. I was working a lot of hours. You know, I was probably pushing eighty to hundred hours a week. Um, just just uh, because I was doing everything, I was wearing seventeen hats. Yeah, but I th- yeah that was the first step. I was just networking like crazy, just putting myself out there. You know, getting the get the name out there. Um, and when,
0: and when did you decide to finally hire someone and who, who was it? Like what kind of work did you hire out for?
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is the interesting thing because it was, it was about a year later. It was in, it was April of the following year. So it was February, 2015 was when I started. It was April of 2016 uh, that I decided, okay, I need someone. I need help with uh, someone to do the sales part. Right. Just get out there and, and make a name, get, get the name out there. And I would do all the designs. Right. And so I hired this girl um, uh, and she she was working for another digital agency, but she was working in sales. And so I was like, it's perfect. You know? Yeah. And so uh, so I did. And it, it, it was going great. It was going great. And I don't know when this happened. It, so when she came on, and I would say this is the second thing, and this is probably the, the the single biggest factor of how I grew super fast was we switched up the business model to doing nothing but monthly recurring revenue. And so prior to that, I was doing what probably every freelancer does. I would say, okay, you want a website, it's going to be $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, but I want it all up front or half and half, right? Right. Um, so I was doing, that's what I was doing. And then, so I, we switched it, we switched it and, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I was, I was very skeptical about this. Um, and, but I was like, all right, let's, let's roll the dice and, and see what happens. And we switched it to monthly. So we were like, okay, if you want a website, custom website, uh, we switched it to 200 bucks a month. That's all you got to do Just pay that first month. And it, and it being on an auto, auto-charge recurring monthly Um, and our our sales skyrocketed like it was insane how much our sales went up Um, and so that was I would say that allowed us to uh, when I say skyrocketed it only took like a month or two to get enough revenue to hire we hired our I hired our the third and fourth person in in May, so let me think. May, so I hired Kate in April. I hired the third person in June. I hired the fourth person in, in July. That's nuts. So, yeah, I made enough That's revenue to growth. be able to do that in that short amount of time.
0: And and did the clients have to commit to like you know twelve months of this two hundred dollars a month or was it just?
1: Yeah, like, could, yeah. What, um, what, what were the terms? Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, we did. Uh, it was a it was a twenty four month deal. Okay. Um, okay. I mean we we ended up switching it later to where it was no long-term contract. Um and we can we can talk about that if you want, but we yeah, it was a 24 month um agreement basically.
0: So you so you basically knew that over over 2 years you'd be getting close to 5 grand from each new customer that you signed. Yep. So not not only did you have like some nice cash flow in the moment, but you also this is what I love about monthly recurring uh models cuz I'm the same way. It's like now you know exactly what you can plan on for at least 24 months into the future, right? If they're if they're committed oh, to yeah. that 24-month uh, payment, now you can hire all you want because you know exactly how much money you're going to make, at least at a minimum. That's if you don't yep. sign any new clients. So, you know, month one, two, or three av- after you get that first round of clients and you know exactly what you're going to be making um, and you can make business plans to, to reinvest the money, to hire people, whatever it is you want to do um, from that point forward
1: yeah it it goes it goes both ways um it's a It's a lot easier to plan for scale uh and right. for growth um because just like you said I, I knew guaranteed how much was coming over coming in for the next two years that's like if I made zero sales right um but on the other hand too especially right now <laughs> with what's going on uh just I, I, in case listeners are listening to this like way later like this is when the coronavirus is happening right now. Yeah, um, we're like only on a couple <laughs> weeks
0: into this big <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but especially in times right now when 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 things are a struggle or like some sort of disastrous event happens, like having that monthly recurring revenue coming in is key. It's like, a lifesaver. It's it a is. lifesaver.
0: I mean it's the it's the equivalent of having a, a paycheck. Like all yeah. the all the reasons that you're afraid to leave your day job and start freelancing full time not all of them maybe, but a a huge portion of them can be solved by building in some sort of recurring revenue into your business. Because Mm -hmm. what you're afraid of is not every two weeks getting a a direct deposit in your bank account that, you know, that you can plan on and budget around and that you just know is going to be there, whether you, you know, kind of don't do anything at your job or not. Like most people actually, I feel like I read a study that you can get away with like bare minimum at your job for a year before your boss will fire you or something like that. (laughs) And so like, yeah, whether you, whether you, you know, do what you're supposed to at your job or not, you can plan on that paycheck. Most people can for even just a couple months. Uh, and And it's the same with a, a recurring model. Now, obviously, you want to treat your customers as best you can, but there's this predictability that brings just some reassurance, and helps you sleep better at night. Okay, just really quick. I love where this conversation is headed. So after the break, we'll dive back into this portion of the conversation. But here's a quick break from our sponsors
1: I mean, I think every business i don't I don't, I don't care what business you're in. you can somehow creatively think of of trying to ger- generate monthly revenue like i i had a a videographer friend of mine um just yesterday and and he he and i got on a call just talking business and he was just like because i told him three months ago i was like hey man you need to get on this monthly recurring revenue model because he was doing the same thing as similar to web designers that he was just like hey you want a video okay it's gonna be 3k 5k um, right yeah one time one time transactional type thing and i was like dude one thing you should try is try to sell a business on a quarterly video, but you charge them monthly, right? So you spread it out throughout the year. And so he did. He took that advice. He started doing that. That was three months ago. And he he told me yesterday, he goes, goes his words, he's like, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you told me to do this monthly thing because it is saving me right now.
0: I love that, man.
1: Yeah, because he is like, video people are like, you know, a lot of people are cutting back on expenses right now. And so he's not able to get new projects. He's having a hard time. Right. right. And, but he has this, he, these clients that he signed three months ago, he's like, he's getting that revenue revenue in right now. So yeah, it's super important. So that's, that's what we did. We changed our model to that.
0: And And honestly, you know, in a time like this, like people might be more willing to pay, you know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks a month Instead of taking on a new project that's five grand or six grand or whatever, like they can sort of swallow the pill of a hundred dollars a month during a crisis, yep, or during a downturn, and and it's hard, a lot harder to swallow those big ticket items all at once.
1: Well, it's 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 it, yeah, it's a couple of things, right? It's um, it's cash flow, right? A lot of businesses like cash flow is key, and if you're having to dish out five K in a month, like there there goes your cash flow for the month. Absolutely,
0: yeah. um, especially in smaller it, businesses, medium businesses, that's a lot of cash.
1: Oh yeah. Um and and uh and I would say that was the reason why our our sales skyrocketed because it's a, it's a lot easier to buy into 200 bucks versus like okay, I I need to dish out, you know, thousands of dollars right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I I would say it, it, the second thing is it's just psychology right now. It's just like it, it everybody is so used to monthly like monthly bills, you know? Everything's monthly um and so it's a lot easier for somebody to get to wrap their mind around that versus like okay i want to dish out a whole bunch of money right now
0: yeah and i hate to say it but we live in in we live in a paycheck to paycheck world so people do they think that way like i don't i don't condone living paycheck to paycheck by any means but people certainly think that way they're like well Mm-hmm. You know that's how people buy a car. They don't buy a car by the price of the car. They buy buy it by the price of the lease or the monthly payment the monthly that it, payment, that it yeah. takes to yeah. It's it's kind of crazy in some ways how people think and it's a lot easier to swallow when it's a smaller number and it it's a lot easier to see if it fits inside your, your cash flow or your budget for the month. So I agree. Okay. So, yeah. so you're, you, you built this sort of, uh, you, you, like you said, you rolled the dice on this monthly recurring revenue model. It takes off. How quickly then are you hiring even more people? You hired your first three additional people. You had a team of four. It sounds like, I mean, how quickly did the rest of that team grow and what happened with the business?
1: Yeah. So we, we, so it, 2016 was the second year. So I spent all of 2015 as a freelancer. 2016, I, it was a team of four, including myself. And that's what we, that's what I remained at for the remainder of 2016. Um, and then in 2017, that's when we actually kind of, we exploded like in a good way. Um, we added on new services. So that that was, a, that was another thing that we decided to do to help scale and be diverse is like we added on SEO we added on social media, like we added on all kinds of digital marketing stuff. And and was, this, was this new clients with these new services or existing clients or kind of a mix? It was a mix. It was a mix. Um, we, the, the reason why we expanded in new services is because uh, it, it was 100% because of our current clients asking if we did these things. And so for the longest time, we we're like, no, we don't currently do it. But we got asked that so many times we're like okay well let's like obviously there's demand and <laughs> these people trust us and so <laughs> right. like we just went ahead and added it on and so yeah we we added those things on again with the the monthly recurring model um and so by the end of 2017 which was which was the third year uh we were at 11 people that's 11 nuts people. that's yeah. nuts and then we uh, 2018, we doubled again and we were at like 20 something.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy to think like four years, you know, freelancers listening right now who, I would assume you're listening to this show because you're interested in scaling. You know, we we talk about this on other episodes that we haven't aired yet, but there's there's nothing wrong with staying small. Like if that's your jam, that's your style, then just stay small and just work just yourself. That's fine. Sure. But there are lots of people listening who want to build something more scalable, more reliable, more predictable, that doesn't depend on them as much, four years is not that long. Like if you think right now, maybe you're a solo freelancer. If you think four years from now, you could have a 20 person agency where you're managing the day to day uh, on your own timetable. You have positive cash flow, predictable revenue. Like That's
1: kind of a dream. Mm hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. That, that is a dream. Um, it was, you know, what's so funny is that that was not a dream that I had in, I had in my mind. <laughs> when it How interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What do you I, mean by I, that? I wanted to, I wanted to stay small and boutique actually. Um, I wanted to be less, I wanted to be like five people, but you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that you have to make a decision. It's like, okay, well there's a lot of demand. Um, what do you do? Do you stay small? Or do you scale? And so, obviously, I chose to scale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with saying small boutique. I can certainly see uh, after after doing both, I can certainly see the uh, the benefits and, and the the reasons why you would want to do that, for sure. Yeah, com-
0: completely. And even you know, e- even a team of five people, like I would say, is 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 closer to the founder side of the scale than the freelancer side of the scale. You know, we'll we'll talk in future episodes about this scale of like freelancer to founder, which we're gonna sort of base all of our future episodes on um, with our guests. But I I think uh, you know, even a team like, you know, the team that runs milo it's it's me and at any given time three or four other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like we run a nice, solid little company. We each get a nice little paycheck and and then we spend our free time not stressing about the business and about Scaling and growing massively, and it's a nice, what people would call a lifestyle business, but but a, for a small team instead of one person. So I think there's yeah. there's value all along that that scale. You know, we're being very intentional about that. I think um, I think there's plenty of value in choosing how big to build your company, because with each each size of company come different challenges and uh, and different sacrifices that you have to make.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny? I I think the magic number is ten. Uh, this oh interesting. My, yeah, this is my opinion. Um, and this this is where it's like if I just remember when we hit around 10 people, that's when things started becoming like more HR focused. Like we had uh, to incorporate yeah. a lot of HR stuff. Um, because like when you get when you grow to a certain size, like you have to think about this as a as a business owner, and you have to think about okay, what are your potential liabilities, right? Um, and so we had to, we had to, we, we started getting more, I hate to use the word, uh, more corporate. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny because I, I, I was always against it. I was always like, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be the opposite of corporate, which 30,000 foot view we were. However, there, there was a big difference from when we were five people to 20 because oh, that's like, really interesting. Yeah. Because like we you know, we were, we were, uh, we had to implement things like, okay, we have handbooks. We have, we now had, to, we had to implement a vacation policy. Like even though we had unlimited vacation, but we had to like lay it out word for word. Like, okay, right. this is what it actually is. Um, whereas before when we had five people, it was just like, you know, you know, like just take off when you need to, but just get the work done, you know? But then at 20 people, we had to like actually spell it out in the handbook. You got to sign it. like. That kind of it's just like it's I that mean that's of,
0: those are the kind of things you have to keep in mind as you're scaling a business, like we say sure. it's it's fine to stay small. those are some of the reasons it's fine to stay small because some people you know you probably and i I've talking to other entrepreneurs, you give up then some of your creative time or you have to hire someone to take on the h r roles or the management roles or the c e o role like you can't you kind of at some point can't do both where you're the creative director or the the creative building websites um and also running a 20 something person business. It it doesn't jive a lot of times. Um yeah,
1: I, yeah that 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 you know, that's a it's just a really good point because there were like I by the time we got that big, I was doing zero creative, zero, literally. Yeah. I was doing, I was not building websites. I was not doing any kind of marketing. I was, I was not involved in any kind of project at all. And I, were you okay with that? Or, or did you not like that? Um, you know, at first I was okay with it, but there was like, you know, deep down I'm a creative. So I, I needed, I needed a way I was okay with not being involved with projects. Like I was involved with the planning stages of it and kind of like overview. Yeah. This is the stuff. mechanical
0: engineering you, like yeah, figuring out yeah. the systems and the processes mm-hmm. and the yeah.
1: Yeah, but I I just I needed a creative outlet, so I needed to do something. So like I, you know, I did things like, you know, I, I did a couple of videos on the side or something like that. So which which was fine with me. Um, but it's very interesting because yeah, like you said, once you get up to that point, you can't do everything. It's impossible. And so what's what's funny is because when I first hired Kate, I hired her as a salesperson and I was doing the project work. Well, we evolved as we scaled and what's funny is she became the operational person, right? She was the she was the COO and I became the only salesperson in the company. We did not right. have sense to. And that's what I spent 95% of my time was sales. That's it.
0: So she became the operations, chief operations. Yep. And then, and you became uh, basically like biz dev mm-hmm. and, and sales and, and uh, client acquisition, all that, so all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: let's, that's, let's, let's, um let's, well, before we fast forward, before we move ahead, I, I do want to, I feel like maybe we've talked down the idea of like growing a bigger company. It's probably my fault. <laughs> I guess what's the what's like the biggest uh what was the best thing about that experience before you sold the agency about working at the agency at its 20 something person level.
1: Well, that's a very good question. Um I, I think this is going to be different across no matter who you ask. Uh but for me uh this is this is a very interesting very good question. Uh for me it was I became an authority, and that was i, I loved that um because like what do you I, mean what do you
0: mean you became an authority
1: so I became known in in the community as okay, clay is the guy that y- you have to go to when it comes to digital marketing and websites and things like that and so like that's what i loved it's 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 it's- just, it's so bizarre the way it happens is when you're a freelancer, or even if you're a small boutique agency, there's, there's a certain level of credibility that you can achieve. Um, But when you're, when you are at a certain level, when you reach like 10, 15, 20 people, there's, it's so funny the way it happens, but like, and it just kind of happened organically, is now people view you as, or they viewed me as a uh, like this big authority person in the community, um, just because I had employees.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, interesting. And so,
1: yeah, and I I love that. I love that because and there's not a lot of people like some people don't want that. They don't like right. to be in the spotlight. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying this because I I'm, you know, narcissistic or anything like that. It's just I that's just one thing. Me being in business development sales, I'm an entrepreneur like. That's one thing that you have to achieve is is high credibility. Yeah, and so it certainly
0: makes like inbound uh, inbound sales work a lot easier. It 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 makes it all in terms of sales and business development. It, it makes it all work quite a bit easier.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. Because it's it, it, it's one thing whenever it, if you're sitting in front of someone, a business owner, and you're talking to them about uh, you know you're basically pitching your service. Um, if, if you're a freelancer or if you, even if you have like five people, it's, you almost have, it's, it's, it's more difficult to sell them. But if you are sitting in front of a business owner and you have 20 people on your team and they know it, 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 it's almost like, okay, show me where to sign. I'm in. (laughs) Well, that's definitely definitely an upside. I love that. Yeah, I loved
0: it. Well, I, I have been asking too many questions and we're maybe running a bit long. I want to I tackle two, two last things, if that's okay, Clay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, first is I want to touch quickly on your de- decision to sell the agency. That's a big decision. Um, why you decided to sell and then what you've done since then, um, where life has taken you and, and how you're now, how it landed you, you, know where we started this story, which was run, running sort of three different brands at once. So, first, I guess the selling of the agency what What was the catalyst for that? How did that get get started and and why did you ultimately decide to sell
1: um so uh, there's a couple of reasons um, well first of all, I had no desire to sell um, but you know as life happens, and so there's you know when 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 certain things in life happen that you know you have to it requires you to make decisions and so a couple of things that happened to me was I, you know, th- at that at this time I was I was divorced, um, and I had formed a relationship with my current wife, um, and, but the the so this is on a personal level. Um, she was living in California at the time; I was in Arkansas, so that's a very long distance relationship. And so um, we had, at the time that I was selling the company we had had a long distance relationship for a year and so that's tough yeah yeah so like that was a good driving factor and my agency was very arkansas focused and you know i couldn't i I couldn't live in california uh and run an arkansas company (laughs) like that's just very difficult and so that was a driving factor um another driving factor was just full transparency my so I, I ended up making Kate a business partner of mine. Uh so she was the first hire that I made. So she became right, yeah. over over time she became a business partner. Um just full transparency, her and I did not have uh we had kind of different destinations on where we wanted the company to go. And so that was something that we were kind of butting heads on. We we got along great. Um, but as far as where we wanted the company to go. Uh, we, we did butt heads. And so that that's one of the things you have to kind of think about is whenever you bring on a business partner is like, okay, do you have the same destination? And so
0: yeah, that's good advice.
1: Yeah, we that was unfortunately, that's something we didn't talk about. Um, whenever I, uh, you know, let her become a partner. And so, um, you know, we, we did butt heads. And coincidentally, at the time, <laughs> we got a we got an offer to a competitor, a local competitor wanted to buy us out and the whole, the whole company. And he did not want to buy out, you know, just part of our equity, like one partner's equity. He wanted either all of it. He wanted the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to sell, uh, that, that whole deal didn't work out. And so I told Kate, I was like, okay, um, I am in this situation personally where, I have a big benefit of of just selling. And so I offered her my half if she wanted to buy my half. And so that's what I did. Um, I sold her my half. And so now she owns the the whole company.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So now she's yeah. running the agency. You yes. got a nice sort of cash payout to start whatever was next. Yes. Um, and she still runs the company probably in a lot of the similar ways that, that you were running it. The brand continues on and, and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 no longer involved at all, so I don't right. I don't know what's going on internally, but from what I can see, it looks very similar to where yeah. to the way we ran it. Yeah. It's kind of cool.
0: Your you know, your brand can live on as a bit of a legacy to to the, you know, that four or five years of of pretty intense work and learning where you were where you were doing this for the first time. And and then obviously, you know, you got a little bit of cash and and were able to do whatever was next, which was which was what you moved to California. You did some consulting, um, mm-hmm. as, as a, what, as a marketing sort of person or, or what kind of consulting were you doing? It was in, was it in Silicon Valley?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was in the Bay area. Uh, so I sold it June of 2019 and I sold everything I had <laughs> and I moved to California in July, the very next month. Um, and so, yeah, I did, I had, so I did have some clients out there already. And so that's, that made it easy. And I, I all I did was I, d- I didn't have an agency. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was just, I was just doing some high level consulting for some businesses out there. And so that's, that's what I was doing. Um, I, I love that because you
0: sort of, you, you, you took what you learned at scale and yep. then you were able to apply it at a sort of backwards now or reverse from what you did before, which is now- You've just applied everything that you've learned and now you're a one person business again, um, hustling to, to work with people and, and, uh, and just, I just love that. Like the story can ebb and flow. Like, like you're not trapped in being a one person business and you're not trapped in being a 20 something person business. Like it can ebb and flow depending on the stage of your life you're in or what what you want out of life or what you want out of work. So that's, that's really cool. And then you moved from California to Texas, right? When was that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I moved to California knowing that we were moving to Texas. So I knew okay, we were got it. Yeah, I knew I was only going to be there for 6 months. So we moved we moved to Austin um because uh Alex my wife, she's she's from Texas. Um so we moved to Austin in uh December of 2019. So I I was only in in the Bay Area for 5 6 months or so. Um so but I knew I I knew going out there that we were moving. So
0: Got it. And now, you know, it's right now, it's end of March 2020. Um, and so you've been there a few months. And, and your building now, uh, you've got, it's cool, because um, you told me your wife's got a, a, a chiropractic, what, what is that called?
1: Chiropractic <laughs> clinic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks. The chiropractic <laughs> clinic. Uh, your wife's got a chiropractic clinic. And then right above that in the same building, you you've got now your office space as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we leased a two story building. Uh, we have the whole thing to ourselves. She has the entire first floor. I have the entire second floor. Um, and so it's kind of a good, it's kind of a good uh, vibe. We, 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 we actually work well together. But there are times where we need to be separated. And so it's easy for me to just go upstairs and, and close the door and, and it's easy for us to separate. So it's, it's, it's really nice.
0: Awesome. And you're, and you're mostly building dripify from there? Or yeah, what, dripify, what's what is most of your work happening there?
1: Yeah. I would say 90% of my work is dripify. And okay. so that's, you know, when I, when I worked the agency, even, and even when I was a consultant, um, I'm still consulting, but, um, I, you know, there's a lot of businesses that, that we worked with businesses that, that paid us a lot of money every single month. I mean, it was like thousands of dollars. Um, but we, we, I came across a lot of small businesses that just didn't have that kind of budget, but needed it. And so, there's a big market there. So I, I decided to, to start uh Dripify, which is just, it's a, it's an online learning platform. It has a, you know, a ton of digital courses in there, but it's very sales and marketing focused. So it's, it's everything that we did in the agency for all of these big brand names, except it's step-by-step how you do it. And so if somebody wanted to learn how to do it for their own business Uh, but can't afford the thousands of dollars, you know, it's, it's a really small fee. This is Um, actually a
0: really cool model. I love this because, so I, I remember a few years ago in a different capacity, I called, um, uh, I think it was like a Facebook advertising company or something. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to, to do some Facebook advertising for me. We walked through the whole thing. And then at the end, she gave me a quote and it was way over what I could afford at the time. Um, and so I declined and she was like, well, that's fine. No problem. We have this we have actually a course that's like two hundred bucks, um, which was way more, way below my budget, uh, mm-hmm. way more affordable for me at the time. And she's like, and it'll explain everything we were planning to do if you just want to do it yourself. And you know, it's not as convenient, it's not as nice, and we're gonna be better at it than you are. But if it's all you can afford right now, here's another option. I think I've used that as an example for other people to to capture some potentially lost customers. You know people yeah. who you would have made zero dollars from before and now you can at least make two or three or five hundred dollars from um, mm-hmm. if they if they need like a lower budget option. so I love that you're sort of doing this now as as its own thing, um, but I, but I'm excited to see what, what you learn from and what you can share with us over the course of the season. I think the listeners now can see hopefully what I've seen, which is like you've got some incredible experience now to share with us and with our guests throughout the season of Freelance Defender that we've got coming up. Um, we've, in all transparency, we've done a couple calls already. Your advice has been incredible. So I'm excited to air those episodes and let people hear uh, the kind of advice that you're able to give people based on, on all this experience that we've talked about today, on your backstory, on on everything that you've been through. It's a lot, uh, but, but I think it's going to prove priceless for many of our listeners and certainly the guests that we have on the air
1: yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun for sure
0: cool man well we will catch up soon of course uh i do want to thank the listeners for sticking with us through this episode for show notes and any further details on this episode you can click the show notes right in your podcast player or you can visit freelance2founder. freelancetofounder.com you can also subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Freelance to Founder is a production of Milo and the Podglomerate. Thanks, guys, for all your support. This show was produced by me, Preston, and the theme music for the show is a song by Joaquin Carud called Road Trip. We will talk to you guys next time on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.